Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Pat Spicer, a priest for the Diocese of Cleveland. Welcome, Father Pat. Oh, thank you, Tim. Are you having a good time doing Faith with Father? I am, uh, very much so. Good. Well, I'm sure our listeners are enjoying listening to you. Uh, we're going through the UCAT, what we believe as Catholics, and today we're going to talk about the Tenth Commandment, You Shall Not Covet Your Neighbor's Goods. And 465 of the UCAT asks, What attitude should a Christian take toward other people's property? Yeah, I'm going to read this right out of the uh, UCAT here. Christian must learn to distinguish reasonable desires from those that are unreasonable and unjust and to acquire an, inter- an interior attitude of respect for other people's property. And, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I read that word for word because, in a sense, that's all God's law. All, you know, to, in other words, writing it in our hearts, even if it's repetitious. You know, they, they get it in our hearts and so that we're able to live that incarnationally. That's what Jesus Christ was all about. Uh, so, in other words, uh, you know, classic example uh, stumbling block in the spiritual journey is uh, to compare our insides to people's outsides in other words to go into our garage get out the lawnmower and see someone else next door that's got the bigger lawnmower you know and immediately I think hey you know I need to have that I mean that's a ridiculous example but you get the idea in that sense that's the lawnmower story is always or cars I like cars cars. (laughs) yes you get the idea, and we do that. And we, do, you know, instinctively we do that as original sin, and it, it, as a, the mark of a Christian is to be is to wage warfare against that very thing. You know, how, to live that day of everywhere just saying this: How do I decrease so that Jesus Christ can increase? Because when I increase, you know, there's that direct proportion almost. You know, that when mm-hmm. we look at that lawnmower and say, "Hey, my lawnmower isn't good enough," you know, and of course they always talk about the the great. Uh, when we talk about the Tenth Commandment, the great equalizer here is gratitude, the spirit of gratitude. spirit of gratitude uh, makes <laughs> covetousness, you know, uh, envy, greed. It's a great neutralizer of that. When we look at that lawnmower and say, thank you, God, for having a lawnmower, you know, and, and then cut our grass, smell the grass, mm-hmm. and to say, thank you, God. You know, but we're very good at saying, oh, this lawnmower isn't good enough. My lawn isn't good enough. And then the story goes on. And it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. You know, the great, if you look at, again, I always love the confessions from St. Augustine. And it, 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 talk about St. Augustine's early life. You know, later on in life, he would directly say, you know, I lived a life of just covet, it, covet, covet, covet everything. And, you know, and even hearing some uh, pagan and some even Christian teaching saying, oh, that's okay, you know. And I think in our time, we even have a little bit of that, too, when people say, I need to be fed at the expense of everything else, you know, just to be that spirit of gratitude. Yeah, I think it could also be called the disease of more, where you never have enough. Again, your your house isn't big enough. Your car isn't nice enough. All the things that you have, it's never enough when you compare yourself to others. But instead, like you said, 
and, and that's something I really tried to work on these last few years, is being more grateful and more thankful for what it is I do have. Yeah. And even simple things like safe travel. You know, when I when I pull my car into the driveway at the end of the day, I just say, Lord, thank you for, for safe travel. Yeah. And my daughter just went back to Seattle and, and flew, you know, 2,500 miles. And uh, when she told me she was home, I said, praise Jesus for safe travel. I mean, just thank God for everything. Yeah. Be thankful for everything. And, again, that helps keep things in proper perspective. And you even mentioned, I love that, you know, more is never enough. And that speaks to something about the infinite nature of our souls as human beings. You know, God is, God is, uh, God is infinite, but there's, in and us, our, our souls meant for God, our souls meant for eternity. So it's interesting, isn't it, that we do want more and we want more. It's, an ex- it's actually a disordered, uh, a part of us, that when we, we, we need the infinite nature of God. That's what we're seeking. We don't even realize we're doing it when we're seeking the greater lawn or the other woman or the whatever it is that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. We're seeking God. We just don't know. It's disordered because we are made in the image of like that. We seek the infinite nature of who we are. That We seek God, but we, we try to find it in the more, like you said, in the other things. Well, you know, again, too much of materialism. But in the spiritual realm, one of, one of my favorite sayings, I call it a Tim Perryism, <laughs> is... Can you have too much prayer? Can you have too much whipped cream on your pumpkin pie? Mm-hmm. Can you have too much brown gravy on your potatoes? Can you have too much prayer? We can't pray enough. And again, St. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray always. So on one hand, we, we, our human nature is that we want too much stuff. But on the other hand, as you said, because of, we're made in the image and likeness of God, we seek union with God, mm-hmm. and we seek that infinite nature of God. Mm-hmm. And that capacity should be on our spiritual side as far as prayer and heavenly things, wanting uh, heavenly things, good, good things for other people, yeah. and wanting that more and more and more. And then that's correct uh, order. And Exactly. And, and, and one of the, uh, what the Catholic Church loves to talk about, lex orande, lex credende. And in other words, it's saying that how we pray is how we live. You know, how we understand God and how we understand how he is present to us at that moment is how we're going to treat other people. For instance, you know, if, if I walk out of here right now and uh, I'm in a, a contemplative prayer, you know, I, I'm rooted in prayer, uh, there will be a sense of gratitude. Um, you know, may, maybe not necessarily, uh, I'm not talking about touchy-feely uh, teddy bear kind of things here. I'm talking about being rooted in that uh, the reality of who we are and that doesn't it doesn't it's not a mystical thing like we're all going to levitate at but but we are going to be rooted in that because jesus does in fact you know demand of us a poverty of spirit and that means uh being uh grateful Mm -hmm. I i a thought comes to mind when you said how we pray is how we live it's like when christ says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, I always like to, I, I love the phrase, at the end of our lives, when we stand before God, mm-hmm. we need to think about that more. And so as we live our daily lives, we have to think about when our lives come to an end and we stand before God and we give an accounting of what we did and what we didn't do. Yeah. And you made a great point uh, in one of the earlier shows. What is Christ going to see in us? at the end of our lives when we stand before him? Is he going to recognize his marks 
in our lives. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. So, again, we have to start to think a little differently and then act a little differently in a manner that's pleasing to God. And, again, this, this idea of being more thankful and more grateful is, is a wonderful way to have the Christian attitude towards our neighbor and their property and mm-hmm. not coveting them or what they have and being thankful for what we do have. Yeah, sometimes I heard once it said that uh, the most, the greatest theological statement that you have, each and every last one of us has, is our checkbook. <laughs> Obviously today would be more like a credit card statement, but the one thing that you could, if, if someone would... What do you do with your money? Exactly. If someone were to... If I was a private investigator and said, hey, I want to find out if Father Pat Spicer is a Christian, I'm not going to come up to him and say, hey, Father Pat Spicer, are you Christian? I mean, I, <laughs> I would think you would say yes. I mean, of course, you know, that's the... But I, as a private investigator, I would say, okay, what is this guy really doing? You know, okay, I, you know, he professing that's a beautiful thing and that's good, but w- what is he doing, you know? And you look at that and say, okay, and this, is, this says a lot about who Father Pat Spicer is. This is a theological statement. We call them bank statements. Mm-hmm. But they're really theological statements every month. That's a good point. I never heard that, but that makes sense. 466 of the UCAT asks, what is envy and how can you fight against it? Yeah, again, the gratitude. <laughs> you know, we talked about uh, the great equalizer. Yeah, it's interesting. We're coming up on football. Well, I shouldn't date it, but we're football season. We always talk about if one team is playing another team and one team is a lot superior talent, they call it the great equalizers to play in the mud. <laughs> That's what we used to say when I was in high school. So oh, great, it's raining, it's muddy. That's going to equalize it. It's going to slow the other team down. And you think about life, this, you know, the spiritual warfare that we're in. You, you know, grateful, having a grateful heart makes it a lot easier to combat envy. Mm-hmm. You know, I never met a grateful person that was envious, you know? Good point. So 467 asks, why does Jesus demand that we practice poverty in spirit? You know, poverty is not just, it's not a bad thing, <laughs> you know? Uh, poverty of spirit is like the, the analogy of playing chess without a king. You know, if you're not, a great analogy, I heard this once before, that if you play chess without a king, I know it doesn't make sense. It's kind of absurd because the whole point is to lose your king and you're out of the game. But if you were, if you were to play the game without a king, you would have a freeness. You, would have a, you wouldn't be protecting anything. You wouldn't be, I have a boat, which means I have to dock it, which means I have to do that. You know, it's an interesting thing with material possessions. They're not bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, a boat isn't bad. But the love of that boat and to be devoted to that boat, you know, whatever material position might be, you know, that to be poor, you know, even look at Jesus, you know, look at his life. It was a poverty, uh, it was a a poverty of spirit. God stripped himself and became man. I mean, I'm saying this because he's, in other words, he's showing, this isn't just like some mythological story, you know, to say, well, this is how we became. Mm -hmm. Everything that that is showing us in Scripture is showing something about how we are and and how we need to be. Otherwise, we'll never, ever, you know, have any peace. We'll just be chasing the the shadows of the wisdom of the world loves to throw at us. But to be rested in God and, and, and to be poor, poor of spirit, that's, again, grateful, generosity. Not being attached to material things. Exactly. And again, people love to say that 
our bumper sticker, a popular one was money is the root of all evil. That's not true at all. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is a great thing. It helps us to understand, you know, it's, it's the love of money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, anything for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, are we ordering these things? Are we disordering them? Mm-hmm. And of course, the most important thing is the love of God and then secondarily the love of neighbor. That's what's really number one and two but uh, it's funny one too because i often think about this even though i was a kid i used to think how could you possibly love god and love his creation by by necessity and isn't how of course you would love his greatest creation in the seventh and the last day i should say the sixth day that he created man his greatest creation the build-up of the creation myth you know mm-hmm. yeah that's a to love god is to love his creation perfect we've been listening to father pat spicer a priest for the diocese of cleveland Father, can we have your priestly blessing? Absolutely. Almighty and eternal God, we ask for your blessing upon all of those people that are listening to this message on this day. May you have the peace and the mercy and the love of Christ in their hearts. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have hundreds of past Faith with Father shows archived, and we're now podcasting all the new shows. Simply go to the programming tab on livingbreadradio.com. This has been Tim Perry. Until next time, bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, Log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.